We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The second half of the Chargers season is in full swing with plenty of high-profile matchups against teams in the division like the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chiefs, plus a lot of teams that are going to be coming to L.A., with a vengeance like the Patriots and the Steelers. Even if you're an away fan, you still want to see Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and all the guys come to your city. Maybe if you live in Philadelphia or if you live in Ohio or even if you're deep in enemy territory, perhaps at mile high. The Chargers will be coming to all of those places and more in the second half of the season and this could end up being a historic Super Bowl run for this team. So, you don't want to miss a single second of it if you get a chance to go to one of these games. That's where TickPick comes in. They want to send you to all of these games. And the best part about TickPick is that they're very simple to use and they don't want to give you those high-end fees that other ticketing sites will give you. Plus, some fees that come out of nowhere, frankly. So, on top of that, they also want to give you $10 off your first ticketing purchase how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to go to TickPick.com slash Charged. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash Charged to get $10 off of your first ticketing purchase. As fun as highlights are to watch on Twitter, there's nothing that beats the real experience. You want to say that you were there in person when Justin Herbert threw that ball to Mike Williams that ended the game on a game-winning touchdown, or Derwin James getting a game-ending pick six. You want to be there for all of it because this team, this season, is special. So again, go to TickPick.com slash Charged, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash Charged for $10 off of your first ticketing purchase, Bolt Up. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Really excited about today's episode. Uh, even though the Chargers were on by, we got lots to talk about today. Joining me, as always, are my guys Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing? I'm um, doing pretty good. Uh, Eagles tank is in full command. Uh, <laughs> we have 11 picks now, three in the top 10 probably. So, you know, we're doing good. Uh, so that was how my bye week went. And uh, yeah, so I'm happy to get back into it with the Chargers because I'm sure it'll be a fun ride towards the end of the season. 
Yeah, and uh, the Jets have uh, taken the Joe Flacco hype train <laughs> off of the Eagles' hands, and uh, they got uh, more for they got, they got more for <laughs> Joe Flacco than the Rams did for Kenny. Young. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL trade market is is a wild thing for sure. Um, Tyler, you're here as well, man. Raining, pouring, Telesco snoring. Uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing very well. The Chargers are finally playing this week. It feels like it's been forever. I feel like we've done 10 episodes, um, but they're finally going to play. Alex, is the last time a team had three picks in the first round? Was that the Raiders? Uh, I don't remember. I don't. I, I want to no say idea. yes. I hope it turns out better then. <laughs> what did the Raiders take with the first three picks? I don't remember that. I think it was Farrell, uh, Jacobs, and a corner. Well, I mean, their coach was also a moron, so... Hmm. <laughs> well isn't the eagles coach also a moron <laughs> yeah but he doesn't have 100 percent of football operations and you know and let's let's go let's slow the roll with what gruden has been in the last two weeks so right right absolutely so we uh wanted today to talk about uh the afc west you know or the afc west the whole afc obviously has been shaken up we had a great week seven you know sitting here and, and relaxing but have to start um, with you know the news from today, I was not expecting a press conference today or anything, but you know the Chargers were very gracious with their time, um, and it looks like right now that Drew Tranquil and Asir Adderley are going to be back, which you know their absence was not expected to be uh, prolonged. But we might get Justin Jones back this week for the Patriots game, and we've talked about this run defense quite a bit. And Tyler, what is your kind of general reaction about potentially having Justin Jones back this week? Oh, thank God. Uh, I can't stand <laughs> watching this run defense. I really hope he returns, even in some capacity, if nothing else, to at least get a true sort of rotation going. Maybe Covington's a little bit more fresh and kind of flashing like he did in week one when Jones played. Because the Patriots just, they ran for, they had 200 total yards and five touchdowns with the running backs. Granted, it was against the Jets. But Harris is eighth in rushing yards and averages 4.6 yards per carry. And I am fairly certain they're going to try running the ball on Sunday. And they're going to need Justin Jones. So I hope he's there in some capacity, or at least in a little capacity, but then healthy enough to play moving forward. They have not activated him yet, but I hope that he is trending towards playing on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's a very good sign that he was back at practice today and the first day. And, you know, this wasn't like a waited out till Thursday or Friday situation to see if... Uh, Maybe he would play, maybe he wouldn't. You know, it's good that he's back in the right. building pretty much to start on Monday. Um, so that's very good. I mean, they need him if they're going to beat the Patriots um, because <laughs> their run defense against what, uh, you know, that Patriots run game is, is not going to be pretty if, if he's not playing. That's just the reality of it. Um, but Drew Tranquil and Nasir Adderley being back is great as well. Need linebacker depth as much as possible. And Drew Tranquil, when he was the starting linebacker, was really good at doing it. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we get that tranquil white uh, pairing as we, uh, this week as well, even if Murray isn't uh, quite back yet. So that's going to be really important to watch. Yeah. So Murray was practicing off to the side. Um, essentially, you know, he'd be a limited participant. They didn't say if they, if they would, he would have been designated to return from injured reserve. So my guess is that he will not be playing this week. Obviously it's early and that can change. Um, but it does seem like Justin Jones is on track, which is, been you know arguably the missing piece of this defense so uh envy talent i see your uh super chat question we'll get to that in a second um about some trades but i wanted to finish this up because 
Brandon Staley was asked about the run defense today, and he gave a really interesting answer as it relates to trades, as it relates to their team, as it relates to coaching. And so I wanted to read it here. He said, quote, our front mechanics and technique at the first level need to improve. Needs to improve is with me. I need to do a better job coaching because our players will play better if we define things better. We played three premium running premium running teams that exposed those tough moments for us. So, like I said, you can look at me why look at me for why it didn't go well enough. We've made some good corrections over the last week or so, and I'm excited to get it going with our guys. So, I mean, first things first. I love that Brandon Staley is taking ownership for this. I think, you know, we have all kind of dubbed him a defensive genius and coaching genius and whatever the case may be. I love the fact that he's taking ownership for this. And I love the fact that he is saying that like, Hey, we need to do a better job coaching. You know, he's not, you know, throwing anybody under the bus. So that is good. I know a lot of people when they saw that I tweeted this were like, Oh, so they're not really trading it for anyone. I think that's possible too. I think really, you know, I was talking with uh, Craig on Twitter today. I think they're waiting to see what this run defense looks like with Justin Jones. And then if it still looks like shit, then maybe they trade for somebody else after that. So I'm not like making any general, you know, roster construction takeaways from that statement yet. Um, Only focusing on Brandon Staley taking ownership for that fact. And I think that is the right thing to say in that situation. Yeah, I, I don't think it matters. I mean, quite frankly, whether or not they say anything because <laughs> Telesco works in silence. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter uh, what Staley says in regards to a trade. Um, and I, I think they can make a trade at any time. I don't really think it's about how Justin Jones plays because they know that he's going to be better. But like, you know, it's not enough to solve the run defense, at least immediately, because he's probably going to be in a somewhat limited capacity this week, like Stephen mentioned earlier. So to me... You know, I don't think that should prevent a trade for Akeem Hicks if that's what they want to do or a trade for somebody else. But we'll see what that pans into uh, later. But I thought it was a very diplomatic answer in general um, because it was (laughs) like, well, yeah, I mean, I could be doing better. But like, at what point is this really about coaching? Like, to me, the issue is more that they don't have the personnel right now uh, when it comes to stopping Mm. people in the run game with Jerry Tillery. Um, and some of the others, like we, you know, Tyler brings up the stats about Jerry Tillery in the in the run pass game, and you know all the pressure he's you know not getting, even when Joey Bosa is double and triple teamed, like he's been a problem in the run game too. Um, Linval's been pretty decent in the run game, but like you've had kind of mild performances from Christian Covington and others. So like to me, uh, you know, I think that you can do some things better coaching wise, but to me the unit is the unit like, and the guys are the guys that they have right now. So to to me, I thought it was a very diplomatic, like coaching. Oh, I'll take ownership of this. But I mean, I'm really not sure what Brandon Staley can do about this other than hope Justin Jones comes back or, you know, uh, obviously hope for a trade or something along those lines. Cause to me, it is still a personnel issue at the end of the day. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's very nice of him to not throw anyone under the bus other than himself. I like that he's taking ownership, sure, whatever. But if you ask me before the season, which position group was probably coached the best or had the best position group coaches, probably would have said defensive line. You have a combination of Staley, Giff Smith, and Jay Rogers. I know Rogers is outside linebackers, but he is the run game coordinator on defense. So they're all expected. Yeah, they're all involved. And I would have expected them to be the best coach. So for them to say, Oh, we're just not teaching it right. I don't know if I really buy that because I do think this coaching staff can maximize this group. And I think this is just kind of the best that they're going to get. And I hope 
that they're not waiting. Do I think Justin Jones makes the run defense better? Sure. But I don't, I hope they're not waiting for him. I hope they're not waiting for the results of the next few weeks to be like, Oh, okay. We're looking better. So we don't have to trade for a guy because that's great, but they're falling into a trap because the defense, the run defense is going to get better. It's just certain laws of averages. Like, like they said, they played three premium teams who are good with the run game and it looked bad, but hoping it gets, it gets better. And so they're going to play, you know, the Eagles Patriots, who I think are good at it, but some other teams just, they aren't the, the Bronco, excuse me, they aren't the Browns, the Ravens or the Cowboys. So it just naturally it's sure. going to get better. So if they look at that and go, Oh, we got better. Great. They, they will get better. But then the postseason rolls around and you have to play the Ravens, the Browns again. You know, maybe the the, in the Super Bowl, you're yeah, the Titans. God, maybe in the Super Bowl, you're playing the, the Cowboys. So I hope that they don't look <coughs> at the results of the next few weeks and go, oh, you know, what? I think we've got this. We're going to make it because I think they can make the postseason regardless of the run defense. It's just what can you do in the postseason? So I really hope they don't trap themselves and just say, hey, we got better. Let's roll with what we got. No, like you need to know that you're going to face those really good teams again. And I don't <laughs> think one guy's going to change that. Yeah, like we're all big fans of Justin Jones. He, you know, I thought, mm-hmm. and I think we're all in agreement that he was one of the three or four best players against the Washington football team, at least in the first half when he was on the field. So, mm-hmm. tr- you know, trusting the extent of this run defense or the, the potential success on Justin Jones's return, that's a risky move. Like that is a trap because you're banking on a player who, when healthy, has been very, very good but he has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. So like what happens if Justin Jones comes back, plays like the next four or five games at a really high level and he gets injured? What happens if Linvaugh, if Linvaugh Joseph gets injured? What happens if Joey Bosa gets injured? Like these are all questions that you're talking about the death of the defensive line. And you're like, you need some other dudes. And I think, you know, Christian Covington is a fine role player. I think Forrest Merrill, Braden Fajoko, like they're fine role players, but you need a difference maker in the middle and they don't really have that. Maybe that's Justin Jones when he comes back, maybe he stays healthy. I don't know, but right now they just, they don't have that difference maker. And I think, you know, if we want to pivot to some, some trade talk right now, I think if you do that trade for Akeem Hicks, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that despite his age and despite his you know current status of being a little banged up, I think he is a difference maker. You know, I posted today that he had more pressures and run stops than Jerry than Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones had in 2020 combined. So I, I think you trade for Akeem Hicks. It only costs you $5 million to do that. You still have a, a good amount of cap space that you can roll over and you go from there. So I know everybody is like, Tom Zalisco doesn't make trades. We're still going to talk about it because I think trading for Akeem Hicks solves a lot of their issues. It helps Joey Bosa get, you know, more one-on-ones. It helps the run defense. To me, it just makes so much sense. And there's all the coaching connections and the Bears are a team that's going down the drain. So to me, when you're looking at like the checklist of tr- potential trades, Akeem Hicks checks every single box, in my opinion. I think he checks every single box, except the fact that the Bears are fighting for their jobs uh, with Nagy Hicks. <laughs> so I don't I don't think that they're trading Akeem Hicks. Like, I mean, it, it's a fun thing to think about, and I hope it happens, you know, sure. and I would hope the Chargers would be a team, but... They need him this year because, great, you traded him for a fifth-round pick. Oh, and you're fired, and you go, don't get to use that pick. <laughs> like, so to me, like, I, I, as much as I would like it to happen, I don't think it's a really realistic solution at this point unless, you know, they're guaranteed job security and then the Bears really do go all in on a field kind of style tank. Yeah, I, I guess you could spin that and say, well, we're trading Hicks and a few guys because we're preparing to build around Justin Fields 
So we know the picks we can to get receivers and linemen and yada, yada, whatever. But yeah, I would love for Hicks to be available. I would like them for at least to try and just try this one. It's so low cost. There's really low risk. If it doesn't work out, you move on. It's not that bad. It's not a long-term thing. I'd love for them just to try it. Give it a shot. I even like that they brought in like back in the day, Cardale Jones, Easton Stick, Geno Smith. They were kind of working through quarterbacks to figure out what they wanted. And lo and behold, their target all this time was Justin Herbert. Now, granted, those guys aren't at all like Justin Herbert, but I think you get some mobility. You kind of figure out what works for you. And I think getting someone like Hicks, like, hey, let's try this rotation. Let's try different players. Let's find, I don't know, high talent, you know, defensive tackles rather than what they currently have. You know, some guys that are just better. Maybe that'll just kind of give them a little like, hey, I like this. This works for our team. Moving forward, maybe we'll prioritize this. I don't know. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I really think I really think based on the comments that nothing is happening. I think they are uh, stuck with what they got. Arjun, I saw you mention uh, whether they have to make a decision on Fahoko this week. He is back. Uh, I don't know how that works out between uh, Merrill and Fahoko. I don't know how that works, um, but we'll see. But I do, I do know Fahoko is back. Yeah, and you know, so that is. I don't know. Like, I, I think there are rotational things and, you know, schematic things that this team can do uh, to kind of, you know, mitigate some risk there. You know, the way that they're playing Jerry Tillery right now is so confusing to me that he plays more snaps per game than Joey Bosa, which just like is mind boggling. But um, really, to the really, he's he's on the field for like 90 percent of snaps every single game. He never comes off the field. So the it's, way that they're playing Jerry Tillery is mind boggling because he's bad. <laughs> That's the only reason it's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, that is a big swing and a miss for me. Um, but getting back to the Bears, like, I don't know if you guys saw this. They, after being blown up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have a worse point differential than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I wanted to note one funny thing from that game. I don't know if anyone else was watching well, when Brady threw the 600 TD pass on uh, CBS, and so Romo and Nance are there. And so Nance is like, oh, man, the, the fans got to give the ball back. And then, like, frat boy Romo was just like, oh, if I was the fan, I would offer the ball back for a date with Giselle. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're married and have kids. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. I was just laughing for how oh, it was, but... <laughs> It's like when I'm surprised Mark you Jackson, got away with that. Yeah. It's like yeah. when Mark Jackson was talking about LeBron's wife that one time. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. It was funny though. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what the, the Bears do. I think there are lots of teams this week that are like right on the borderline of potentially becoming sellers. Like we're hearing from several people that the Miami Dolphins are like a dumpster fire and that it's a huge mess there after winning 10 games last year. Thanks for the pick though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the, the Eagles there, but um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I don't think that there's going to be any major trades this week outside of Joe Flacco. Um, you know, the big <laughs> trades, if any will be happening next week after these teams figure out, you know, how bad they are or not. So the bears right now are that team, like they're teetering on potentially, getting a, a seventh seed again because the NFC is either you're great or you're awful. So, you know, the, the Bears have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs if they can figure out how to score some points for once. Uh, but if they lose this week to the Niners, then they're probably closer to a top 10 pick. So those are all those kind of issues. Um, 
I wanted to get now to uh, Envy Talent's question. Again, he, he's been mm. so great and supportive to our show. So shout out to yes, him. Yes, thank you. Um, he wants to know between OJ Howard, Brandon Cooks, Andre Dillard, Ryan Kerrigan, who would we take? And that's uh, assuming trade. So, you know, you can take mm. in the potential contracts or whatever the case may be there. Um, Tyler, of these four choices, who would you pick to add to the Chargers? Okay, not OJ Howard. Uh, I think Kerrigan is out for me. So it's between Cooks and Andre Dillard here. And if, if he plays right tackle and plays it well, I'm going with the guy who plays right tackle. Like that to me is the biggest need. Yeah. I, I, I obviously want the Chargers to be more dynamic, on, especially on first down, um, especially because they've not completed many deep passes on first down, at least the last three weeks. But like Dillard versus Norton, I'm going to go with Dillard here. So it's it's kind of easy, even though Cooks is, is definitely interesting, and it probably costs you less to get Cooks, but I, I'd still go with the offensive lineman here. Yeah, I mean it's Andre Dillard by a mile. Uh, I, like Brandon Cooks, I mean he has like fifteen million dollar cap hit next year. I'm not taking that. Ryan Kerrigan is basically just another Kyler Fackrell. Um, and OJ I was say, is he <laughs> is he even playing for the Eagles this year? Yeah, he plays, but I mean he's on the he's, Eagles. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he's on the Eagles now. Uh, I mean, he's, he's basically just Kyler Fackrell. Um, and so OJ Howard is, I mean, they already have plenty of tight ends. They don't need any more. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, Trey McKinney can't even play on the anyway. So uh, yeah, it's Andre Dillard. And if that can potentially solve the tackle problem, then, you know, you take that chance if the Eagles are really willing to deal him. Um, don't think they would do it, but definitely Dillard out of that group. Yeah, absolutely on the same page. Of course, you know, I'm the offensive line guy, so I got to say Dillard here. But it does, you know, it makes a lot of sense from a long-term perspective, right? Like, I think in terms of the long-term future at right tackle, I think drafting one with your first-round pick next year is is probably the best option. And trading for a guy like Dillard is probably a pretty close second because he is a former first-round pick. There's still a lot of untapped potential there. I know he was basically hurt his whole rookie season. But I think he's shown in the NFL in his limited time. He can play left tackle, right tackle, can play it pretty well. He's athletic. He can move. Um, he still has uh, next year and then the fifth-year option after that. Right, Alex? I believe so. Free agent 2024. Yeah. So there's a lot of long-term flexibility in trading for a guy like uh, Andre Dillard. Um, wanted to mention, too, I, I saw on Pro Football Focus today that they think that a uh, a trade for Akeem Hicks would only cost a fifth round pick at most, um, and a trade for Andre Dillard, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, is a day two pick. So uh, I, I would imagine that maybe you do like a third and like a six or something like that would get it done for Andre Dillard at this point because they have so much money tied into uh, I forget his first name. He's playing left tackle, Jordan Milano, Mil- Mil- right? Milano, yeah, mm-hmm. rugby. And guy. then and then Lane Johnson at right tackle. So. Um, those are some interesting ones. Any other guys that you uh, have looked into for potential trades? You two, I would go with Melvin Ingram. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense if the Steelers are willing to deal him. Uh, he's on a minimum contract. You get him for the rest of the year, and probably doesn't cost you more than seventh conditional sixth. I can't imagine it would be more expensive than that. They have uh, four six round picks to work with this year. Uh, and he has a pretty high grade against the run game this year as a 68.2 uh, on PFF and has been a good contributor for the Steelers, all things considered, has pretty much played in every game. 
and so uh, he's looking better than he was last year. Obviously, that is just, you know kind of just a health thing. You know, there wasn't really a decline last year. It was just he was battling those injuries. Seems to be healthier this year. Um, I would take a chance on it just, just because I do think you know if you do have Melvin Ingram at peak health. Uh, I do think he's better than Nwosu or Fackrell um, still at this point. So I think you can at least get him to be a contributor on the edge uh, opposite Joey Bosa. So I would take a chance on that. Man, do you think they do that, though? Like, that's a lot of... Oh, they wouldn't do it. They they wouldn't do it because, you know, pride to swallow and, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it makes sense, like... He's just better than Fackrell or Nwosu. Like if he's healthy and he can stop the run, like that's what they need on the edge right now. So I don't think they're going to do it. But if the Steelers say, "Hey, we're willing to trade him," like he's making what two two dollars on his contract, like just do it. Yeah, no, that would be fun. Uh, Craig points out my guy, who I really wanted in the draft. Of course, they went in a different direction, and Wilkins wasn't even there. Um, but yeah, Christian Wilkins would be amazing. Uh, just, yeah. uh, I thought he was a really good talent coming out of college. Have not tracked that how he's been. I'm sure he's been better than what the Chargers have. Uh, he's been very good. <laughs> yeah, so he's been very good. And of course, because he was he was pretty solid coming out of college. Um, even though the the, the uh, Raiders went with Cleveland Farrell instead, uh, they could have gone anywhere else. And they went with Farrell yeah. in that draft. But you, uh, so I, I'd go with him because I think that team is like the Dolphins are a lost cause. People that watch films seem to think that Tua is actually a lot better than people think. So I'll lean towards like their expertise in that regard. But otherwise, that team is kind of a dumpster fire. And I mean, right now, Jalen Waddle's averaging, what, 8.7 yards per catch and Keenan Allen's like 11.2 or something <laughs> like that. I mean, if you if, if Jalen Waddle's averaging 8.7 yards per catch, that pretty much sums up how bad your organization is. I don't understand how you could possibly get someone like Waddle. And after 44 catches, he's at 8.7 yards per catch. You're doing something completely wrong. Yeah, and you know everybody talks about like the trading for Waddle thing, and that's that's definitely bad. But that offensive line has been a mess. They've had <laughs> they've had five different starting combinations in seven games. Austin oh. Jackson has given up the most pressures in the league of any position. <laughs> um, they drafted Solomon Kingley out of Georgia last year in the third round. He's not even playing. He hasn't participated in any of those five different combinations. So. Oh. They have a lot of roster construction issues beyond Tua. Like, you know, they're considering trading for Deshaun Watson, which is a different mess. But, you know, that roster is not very good outside of, like, the corners and the receivers, I guess. But then you're totally using Jalen Waddle the wrong way. So it's it's a mess. Um, Craig mentions Annie Isabella, which I think is a super interesting one because he's never really been used in Arizona. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he is a, he is a burner. Like he is like Craig is saying here, he is everything that we all think Jalen Guyton is. So any Isabel would be an interesting reclamation project. I think he has, um, this year and next year left on his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken, because he was like a second round pick. Um, so that would be an interesting reclamation project. I know a lot of people have talked about Brandon cooks, um, as well. One of the ones that I wanted to mention here, um, is Austin Johnson out of, the New York giants. He's a defensive tackle and really is flying under the radar. He actually is tied with Christian Wilkins for second most run stops in the league. And Austin Johnson is making $3 million to do that. He's a former uh, second round pick by the Tennessee Titans and has not really panned out, Hmm. but he's having a 
career season in New York and the Giants have $400,000 in cap space next year, they cannot afford to bring Austin Johnson back. So if it were me, you know, I, uh, I would definitely make a call there. I know that they're trying to kind of like figure out if they're going to be winning or not after beating the Carolina Panthers. But um, hmm. to me, that makes a lot of sense as well. Can I nominate another name for the never going to happen category? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, it. hold on. What what position is it? Edge. No, I got I got nothing. Oh, Nick. Von Miller. Von Miller. <laughs> uh, okay. So Von Miller, here's the thing. The Broncos would never trade him to the Chargers. And of course, character concerns, yada, yada. But think about it. He's going to be a free agent next year. He's five sacks, really productive this year. Uh, has a bunch of pressures. They need help stopping the run on the edge. It would make a lot of sense on paper. And I mean, you probably don't have to trade that high of a pick for him because his contract's expiring. I don't know, maybe a fifth round or fourth. Like, so to me, I would kind of do it. I mean, I, I don't know if the Broncos are actually going to do it and go into sell mode, but it sounds like they're sort of starting to consider that. And I don't know, uh, I sort of in the vein of the Melvin Ingram thing, I would kind of go after Von Miller. Obviously, he's a much more premium option at this point than someone like Melvin Ingram. But yeah, um, yeah I think that one would make a lot of sense if the Broncos are actually willing to start selling. Yeah, to me, if the Broncos are really interested in selling, I'm going after Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris would be more of my guy. I think he fits the need a little bit more. But listen, I'll never say no to Von Miller. Um, so, I mean, Alex, you've talked about a couple edge guys, and I know a lot of people are, are talking about the Dolphins. Would you consider Emmanuel Ogba then? Sure. I, I mean, anyone <laughs> who can help you with the run on the edge. Like, it's, it's any of them. I mean, to be honest, uh, just the late-round pick contract expiring guy like i mean it makes a lot of sense i have no idea what his stats are so yeah sure <laughs> he's pretty good he's he's a step up from Un wilson fackrell but uh yeah um all right guys any other uh potential trade targets here craig poses an interesting question about uh the niners defensive line or, or otherwise because the niners are obviously a mess right now too what who's okay who's still on the team because i know buckner's gone <laughs> thomas is gone yeah so they're down to obviously bosa yeah i'm sort of oh. in the same place i watched the colts niners games last night and i don't remember a single person from the niners <laughs> i mean i'm sure they're good but they <laughs> sure <remember them. laughs> excuse me so they uh, they're getting that guy back from suspension today. I, I forget his name. <laughs> that guy. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I think one of their defensive tackles, uh, DJ Jones, is interesting. He apparently gave Matt Filer a little bit of a problem in uh, training camp, so that mm. could be interesting. I mean, their secondary is is a whole lot of nothing. So I think Craig is specifically talking about the defensive line. Maybe go for a D Ford. I don't know. That'd be an interesting potential target. Yeah, I guess. He mentioned Ayuk. If we're talking about offense, then that's interesting. Oh. I believe he's been pretty underused, no? Uh, he's in the doghouse right now. He, Whatever reason, uh, Kyle Shanahan said that he had his best week of practice last week, and then uh, today he said that he needs to grind more. So I don't know what it is that Kyle Shanahan has to <laughs> Jacksonville. That joke was too I don't easy. <laughs> <laughs> Good job um but yeah it's been uh super frustrating for my fantasy teams because i drafted him in all three of my leagues but they don't 
They don't like him. Like he he was one of the better rookie receivers last year, and they're like, ah, oh, no, we're good. We just need Debo and no one else. Is your fantasy team particularly frustrating this week, Steven? Yeah, because I'm losing to the worst team in the league. Because all my guys are on bye. <laughs> I had to start Brandon Ayuk this week because I had literally no other options. <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah, that, that's an interesting team to keep an eye on too because they're obviously, you know, it, it's might be time to uh, start talking about Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat. Um, that is not a pretty mm-hmm. situation. How long until they stick uh, Lance in there to save his job? Apparently not. Apparently not for a while. Like Jimmy is their guy if he's healthy. He had like a QBR of like four <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> so, you know. Carson Ooh, Wentz uh, sucked yesterday and he made Carson Wentz look like a god compared to him. I mean. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that comparison by Craig. Brandon Ayuk to Chris Chambers. I like that one. Um. I'm trying to think. There was a couple other people. PFF talked about uh, a guy named Nick Williams, uh, who is a defensive tackle for the Lions. Played in Chicago with the Keem Hicks and Brandon Staley. Uh, had a career season with Brandon Staley when he was on that staff. And then uh, he's not been playing great for the Lions. Um, he's kind of a serviceable run defender. but So I'm not like super interested in that, but I wanted to bring that up since uh, PFF put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody's kind of keeping an eye on the Houston Texans and who they're selling. Um, Marcus Cannon is their swing tackle right now. I think he would be a very interesting pickup because he's better than Storm Norton at this point. So that could be someone that I'd be keeping an eye on, but not like super interested in that. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there too. I agree that we talked about all these trades that aren't going to happen. <laughs> we talked about Julio Jones for two straight weeks. So that, was, that was fun. It got us some views. Though. <laughs> yeah. The Julio stuff was awesome, man. That was, was a great time. Uh, Quinn and Williams would be quite expensive. I think the Jets would be asking for at least a first round pick for Quinn. Like he's he's probably a top five defensive tackle right now. So I think Quinn is, is kind of out of the question right now. But the Jets have other people, so I, you know, I haven't looked at too much into it. But you know, the Jets are probably going to be sellers too because Zach Wilson uh, is injured right now, and they're starting Joe Flacco this week after trading for him. Jeez. All right, guys. Any other thoughts in terms of uh, potential trade targets here? It won't happen. I like Travis Gibson from the Bears only because I've been hearing a lot from him and, or about him. He's behind Mack and Quinn, so he's their third pass rusher. And why would they get rid of a guy who's that inexpensive as their third pass rusher? I don't know. But if they're selling because they want to go with Mack and Quinn and find some other replacement in the draft, because Gibson probably will run a pay raise, I'd go with that. He's an edge rusher, only 10 pressures so far, but only you know 72 pass rush snaps. His win rate is higher than Fackrell and, and Rumpf and, and Mosu. His productivity is higher than all those guys by quite a bit. So I, I would consider someone like him, especially because there's, I don't think he has a connection to um, Staley, but I think Jay Rogers might. And yeah, he would. Yeah. Cause Jay was in Chicago last year. So he would. Um, all right. I, we wanted today to talk about, wow. My sentence structure is awful today. Um, we wanted to talk about the week seven AFC shakeup that happened yesterday. 
Uh, it's only right, of course, the Chargers are on bye week and all this crazy shit happened yesterday. Um, so we wanted to talk about the Chiefs in specifics and, and how that kind of shakes up the AFC. Um, this is an interesting one because I think this has been kind of, you know, talked about by a lot of the national media, but this Chiefs team, I know we're all kind of on the same page in terms of expecting them to figure it out, but it's it's been seven weeks now. Like, that defense is not getting any better. You know, Frank Clark and Chris Jones were, were seen in the fourth corner kind of laughing on the sidelines and, and kind of moping around and not really giving any shits. And so it's an interesting question to see if the Chiefs are kind of done or do we actually expect them to figure it out or or where do we see the Chiefs at? Tyler, I'll start with you on this one. I don't think they're done in the sense like I don't I don't think they're out of the postseason race by any means. And, and no one should count them out unless they're mathematically eliminated or Patrick Mahomes dies. So I think that they're going to make the postseason. And then at that point, because their interior offensive line plays really well, their tackles yeah. are okay, but they don't adjust very well to that deep passing game or at least the big drops. Um, but like they're going to be a good team in the end. I don't think they're the third best team in the AFC West by any means at this point, but they're still the Chiefs. And all they have to do is make the dance. And then at that point, they can take down really any team. Like I could... If they play the Titans again in the playoffs, they could probably win. And it would probably be almost a completely different game. Yeah. Um, so I, well, I don't think they're the class of the AFC by any means. I am glad that their mistakes are finally catching up to them because I feel like I've been crazy for years. Like this defense isn't good. This defense isn't good. I know it's not good. <laughs> it was never good, but they were so good at taking the ball away. And then, of course, you give Mahomes one more you know, series. He's going to score and they win every time, especially against the Chargers. It was the same thing. Chiefs defense wasn't good, but they give the ball away. The Chiefs would win. So now I'm, I'm really glad it's catching up to them. They are in a pickle for sure moving forward, though. I just, there's not really a lot of, like, there's there's talent. There's high-end talent. And there's, like, crap after that. There just really isn't, like, another kind of guy in there. Like, there's no, like, Uchenna and Mosley, for example. He's not a star by any means. But I think there's no, like, other edge rusher who's like that. There's not really, like, another mid-tier solid guy they don't have a lot of t- guys like that on their roster and and the draft the Chargers were really really close to having the same kind of draft uh the poor drafts the chiefs have had because they've had i think you pointed out they had maybe one and a half to two hits the last three or four drafts i mean it's you look at that list and it's like who 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 and granted i'm sure chiefs fans know who they are like we know who you know nick neiman is and i would have no idea who their sixth round pick is maybe they're a contributor i don't know but looking at that list it's really rough um, so while I do think they'll figure it out this year, they have a lot of questions moving forward for sure. And I, I don't think that they are the class of the AFC for sure. Not even the class of the AFC West right now. Yeah, um, I don't know. So I was always on the bandwagon of like, oh, they'll figure it out. And it's Mahomes and all that. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I'm slowly coming off of it because to be honest, <laughs> they have some really hard games left. They have they the do. second hardest strength of schedule left in the league. They have a stretch that is Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos at mile high, then the Raiders again, uh, Chargers, Steelers in Pittsburgh, uh, the Bengals, and then they wrap it up with the Broncos. So Mm. they have a really tough schedule, and it's like not that hard to see them having at the very least the four losses they have now, maybe three or four losses in that stretch. Um, Obviously, they could always turn it up because they're the Chiefs, but if you're finishing with seven or eight losses – you're probably a wild card team uh, or maybe like yeah. fighting for that last wild card spot. 
So um, I don't know. I'm not out on the Chiefs. They have Mahomes, and you know that will always be uh, a great thing mm-hmm. for them. But the problem is that right now Mahomes is averaging an interception a game in his last 16 games, right? So he's turning the ball over, unfortunately, for them, um, partially because of their miscommunication on offense and stuff. But it's always been, you know, hey, they're going to get bailed out because of Mahomes and all that. But right now, that's just not the case, right? So on paper, you know, even though they were the worst team in the Super Bowl, like I would take the Chiefs over the Bucks last year or pick them because they have Mahomes and the other team doesn't. Right. But I think that that's just starting to kind of run out because of how bad, noticeably bad the defense is and how much the offense is struggling right now, particularly with turnovers. So I'm not out on the uh, Chiefs. They'll always be the Chiefs uh, on some level because they have Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyreek Kill and all that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they'll maybe make it in, but I'm kind of, throwing them out of the AFC West contention um, as far as it is now, just because of how hard the remaining schedule is. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a really tough schedule. They play the giants on Monday night football this week, which like who the hell scheduled that one. Um, <laughs> but you know, like Alex mentioned, that's a really difficult you know schedule. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of on the same page where it's like, I'm not counting them out yet. You know, Mahomes is too good. And read is too smart. I I still think that they'll get into the playoffs or potentially be close. Like there was a lot of people saying yesterday, like, oh, like the Chiefs are going to be out. The Chiefs are not going to make the playoffs. And it's like, well, the AFC is still really up for grabs. Like outside of the Bills getting the one seed, I think two through seven is really up for grabs and you go really any other way. Um, So it's just, I will never count them out, right? Because like that, they just have that kind of talent. But to get back to Tyler's point, you look at the drafts that they have had since they took Patrick Mahomes and it's, it's not pretty like in the 2018 draft, they took a defensive end in the second round. Who's not even on the team. They have, they took Derek Nandi, who's a solid, like run stuffing, run stuffing defensive tackle. Third round picks, not on the team. Fourth round pick is like a, is behind Daniel Sorensen. That's how bad he is. Um, receiver, not on the team. Defensive tackle, not on the team. And that's every single year. Michael Hardman and Juan, Juan Thornhill are okay. You know, hardly, you know, difference makers. I think Legereus Sneed is, is really, really good. And Creed Humphrey is really, really good. But those are their only two, like, hits. You know, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is talented, but he's he's not panned out and not, you know, proven worthy of being a first-round pick. You know, TBD on Trey Smith, who I think will eventually become a hit for them because I think he's really solid. But He's been some, you know, a little up and down. So they've got some major roster concerns too. And it's a lot of confusing swings and misses. Like Frank Clark, I think he's like the 58th or 59th highest pass rush win rate edge rusher on PFF right now. And it's just, it's not, and he's the most expensive defense player in the league this year. So they, they have to figure out how to get even average on defense and, you know, Mahomes has to figure out to, how to stop turning the ball over. If Mahomes stops turning the ball over, then they'll be okay this year. But defensively, like, they they need to overhaul, have a massive overhaul on that side of the ball. Yeah, their, their defense is so bad. I, I forget if they've updated it for this week, but their defense on, like, the EPA graph, like, offense versus defense, <laughs> it's put their logo, like, on the – like, they had to find, like, a new quadrant to put the defense because it was so bad. It is historically really bad, it looks like. 
Yeah. So on the opposite side of the Chiefs, obviously, is the Titans, who uh, mm. after losing to the Jets have beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back to back weeks because football sometimes makes no sense. Uh, and it is what it is. Like Derrick Henry didn't even have a very good game yesterday and they destroyed the Chiefs. So I think all three of us picked the, the Titans to win the, that division. Am I correct? Yes. Pretty sure. So I, I like my expectations for them have not changed. They'll be in the playoffs. I know a lot of people are like talking them, uh, talking about them as Super Bowl contenders today. Alex, where are you at with the Tennessee Titans these days? Um, I think they're Super Bowl contenders, but in the sense that I think everybody in the AFC is kind of a Super Bowl <laughs> contender right now, okay. right? Like, I mean, you have, you know, you just talked about like the Bills wrapping up the one seed. The one seed belongs to the Bengals right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> as much as yeah. we want to talk about that, like that, and they dominated the Ravens, right? Um, so to me, you just look at pretty much all of these teams that are sort of log jammed in there and over the course of the season, I'm sure they'll separate themselves out and all that. But to me, it's wide open. And, you know, if you have Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill's playing good, you know, that that's always a formula that can win you games. Their defense is starting to play a little bit better um, than it had been previously. So, yeah. And like it just the physicality that they can provide on offense because they have yeah. Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, and uh, A.J. Brown, who I'm pretty sure all average like 250 pounds <laughs> just throwing at you uh, every single play, right? Um, so, you know, to me, I don't see a reason that they can't win the AFC, um, just like I don't see a reason that the Bills or the Chargers or, you know, some of these other teams that we're always talking about can't win too because it's, it's really – wide open um in some of these divisions yeah their schedule isn't even all that bad they have the rams coming up not next this week but the following week but then it's like i don't know what to make of the saints they get to play the texans two more times they get to play the jaguars the patriots the steelers who eh, the niners who don't look good at all the dolphins who are in disarray but their strength of schedule is pretty easy so as long as if they can win against the rams and they get the rams at home they have a legit shot. Like them and the Bills have a really, really easy schedule to finish out the year. And the way they're playing, and the way that Derrick Henry's playing, like a true MVP candidate, even though he won't win it, he's playing his ass off. He didn't have to do much against the the, uh, the Chiefs, but the weeks prior, he's, oh my God, he can't stop this guy. And so, yeah, I, I just, I, I would love to see the Chargers make that, that push for the number one seed, but the schedule is just so easy. Texans twice, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, like, that's kind of cake, whereas the, the Chargers at least still have to go through the rest of the AFC West and a couple of other good teams. So, you know, I'm, I think they're a pretty solid team, but I, I, I think I want to see them beat at least the Colts or Rams the next two weeks before I really think they can be a Super Bowl contender. I know that the Colts aren't like that great of a team, but like I just want to see them get like one more win, string it together and show that these two wins were, you know, kind of the norm rather than what happened against the Jets where they lost. Yeah, well, and even the matchup with the Colts, like that's a divisional game. You know, mm -hmm. the Colts, the best thing about the Colts is that front seven with DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's a game where I think if Derrick Henry plays, you know, as good as he has been, then the MVP talk will kind of, you know, rash it up a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Have you guys seen how many carries that man is on pace for? No, uh, got to be over 300. So the, the previous record was some guy in like the 90s. I, I want to say it was like 391 or something like that. And it, 17 games, of course. But Derrick Henry right now is on pace for over 425 carries. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dang. 
And like that's so crazy to me. Like picturing a 400 carry running back. It's it, it's insane. Um, so Alex man, Alex mentioned the Bengals, which was kind of the other big result from yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And everybody on Twitter was like, Oh, I can't believe the Chargers lost to this Ravens team. It's like, well, two different games, divisional matchups, you never really know. Um, yep. but I, I think there is legitimate questions if the Bengals are for real, if the Ravens are also for real after this point. Um, you know, I think when I look at the Bengals at this point, they're kind of like that big play waiting to happen team with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and all these guys, but they're not super efficient on offense yet to this point. So I I keep on waiting for the Bengals to like, you know, you know, throw out a stinker game and and lose to a team that they shouldn't and, you know, be the team that I thought they would be heading into the season, which was kind of like a seven, eight win team, but they're playing great, man. And, you know, Jamar Chase has proven to be, a you know worthwhile pick in the top five he's been awesome i think he's like second in the league right now in receiving yards like i said big play waiting to happen that touchdown he had yesterday was crazy broke like four tackles so i I think the Bengals are i still think they're like borderline contenders i'm not ready to make that full leap yet i still kind of expect the ravens to win that division but the Bengals are definitely much better than I thought they were. And it was a very impressive win yesterday. What about you guys? Oh my God. Did we just get Steven saying Jamar chase was a worthwhile pick on the show on recorded audio. That's amazing. Um, but, I, but anyway, I did not say he was the right pick. Oh, here we go. Uh, Listen, no. <laughs> I, Penesel is still going to be a great player, man. Like, I don't yeah. think that's a situation where you can choose wrong, but Jamar chase has been great so far. We're alleging that they chose wrong back in April. But anyway, uh, no, I think that the Bengals look, I, I think the thing with the Bengals is you look at the Ravens and Browns, and they're both really injured right now. Um, particularly yes. the Browns are dealing with what Baker's going through uh, and what a lot of people in their team are going through. So to me, I I would just kind of think that I'm not gonna say the Bengals are like the favorite in the division. I think you know you might have them with co-favorites with the Ravens and and sort of how that's gonna play out, but to me. They're the healthiest team, and they have, like, the hardest thing to stop on offense right now uh, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So, to me, I I would not necessarily put them in the driver's seat for the AFC like they currently are. But, I mean, at some point, you know, the Browns and the Steelers don't look very good, uh, and the Ravens are injured, right? So, to me, at at this point, I kind of shifted over to the Bengals. And... They're a team that probably should be six and one right now because they lost that game where uh, Evan McPherson missed like three kicks against the Packers in that you know incredible right. you know incredibly bad overtime. So to me, like I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to call them a legit team, but they're a problem on offense and they're good enough on defense, you know, to win most weeks. And the other teams in their division are either injured or have poor quarterback play right now. When you talk about Baker and, and Ben, uh, so yeah, no, I, I would. I would put the Bengals as as pretty legit given the circumstances. Obviously, things could change uh, and certain elements of their team could regress. But uh, I think you got to give them the respect for what they've done to this point in the season. Yeah, the Bengals are a much better team than I would have guessed. It, it's and they've certainly shifted my thinking because I was kind of there with Steven on you know taking an elite receiver over an elite tackle prospect. I still like. I, I personally would still take the linemen, but they've definitely shifted my my way of thinking, I guess. But it certainly transformed their offensive potential. But their defense is so much more solid than I would have guessed. I never really yeah. like we saw hints of it. We knew that like some good safeties, some good front like line talent. Um, 
it's not Jeff Wilson. Logan Wilson? Logan Wilson. That's the linebacker's yeah. name. Apparently, he's playing amazing. Of course, that's the a guy that a lot of people really wanted in a later round over someone like Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, just because of the value. And of course, he looks really good. And Murray is LB3 <laughs> on this team. Um, but they're pretty good. If the Ravens were healthy, I think I would give them the edge, especially because they've been there, done that sure. sort of team. This team knows what to do when the moments count, I think, um, especially with Harbaugh. But they're just not healthy. And they keep losing players. It just doesn't. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think it's amazing that the Chargers team got blown out by them because they're missing quite a bit of talent. I think the Bengals were able to expose some of that. So while I do think the Ravens aren't as bad as that loss looked, I have to give them, I have to give the Bengals the edge right now over them. And they're, you know, I thought the Chargers would beat the Bengals kind of no problem this year, um, especially because I thought the Bengals wouldn't have much of an offensive line. I don't know if they do, but I believe it's better. Um, and obviously their offense, they're, they're, they're scoring like crazy. They were just putting up points at will with starters, with backups against the Ravens, which is really impressive. So, and, and I, I was worried because I picked a couple of weeks ago, I picked the Packers to beat the Bengals outright in our pick And I was really nervous watching that game. Of course, <laughs> you know, the, the kicks and the yada, yada, all that problem, but they did a pretty good job on defense against defense against Aaron Rodgers and company. So, you know, give them credit. They're, they're definitely a better team. They're almost contenders in my opinion, and they've earned the right to, be in that category which is much better than i would have guessed they were yeah absolutely so next five games for the Bengals, they play the jets on sunday so they'll win that one um, then they play the browns raiders steelers chargers so tough mm. five games for the Bengals. i think that's going to tell us a lot uh and obviously a great time to mention that we are giving away tickets to the chargers and Bengals game on our twitter you, you'll find that uh, pinned to our profile right now the details of how to sign that up great seats in the 100 section courtesy of darren bunch and taylor santiago so please go check that out you'll sign up for our patreon page comment on the specific post who you would be taking to the game um, and we will announce the winner of that uh, giveaway next monday so go check that out if you live on the east coast that's a great opportunity to go to a fun game i think it's a much you know, more competitive game than I was expecting. I know Alex is making a face right now because it happens to be in the state of Ohio. Um, no, 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 no. I'm giving you the stank face because you just called Cincinnati the East Coast. That's not the East Coast. That's in Ohio. Ohio is not the I East Coast. I said if you live on the East Coast. <laughs> oh, I didn't okay. say Ohio was on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll give you the con. The con is you have to go to Ohio, and Ohio is a shithole. But... <laughs> You get to watch the 2020 Offensive Rookie of the Year battle against the 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, I mean, that should be some fireworks. Yeah, it'll be a super fun game heading into the season. I think we all kind of looked at the Bengals as like a trap game potential for the Chargers. Turns Mm -hmm. out it's just going to be a really fun competitive game. So, uh, whether you live on the East Coast or Ohio or the Midwest or the West Coast in L.A., uh, go check out that giveaway. I think that's a fun opportunity to go plan for a road game. Um, and a great chance to see a, a good football game. So last one here, unfortunately, we have to talk about the Raiders beating Alex's Eagles. It was really great to see all those Eagles fans show up. I wish the Eagles team would have shown up with them, um, but the Raiders have won the last two games. They're getting that, you know, interim head coach boost. Um, mm. A lot of people, again, are, are giving them a lot of hype and they're five and two and they deserve some credit for, you know, bouncing back and, and winning these last two games after that whole mess. But uh, Tyler, do you, I mean, your dad's a Raiders fan. So do you expect, and does your dad expect this team uh, to continue winning? And uh, like, how do you have them in the AFC hierarchy? 
Well, my dad, of course, expects them to continue winning. I actually got <laughs> to go to this uh, sports bar and watch the game with him. And like they looked good. Like they played really well. The Eagles had absolutely no answer for them on defense. Um, Henry Ruggs was doing intermediate and short routes, which is really good to see for his development. Bad for the NFL who are trying to defend him because they really didn't have to take many deep shots. Waller was out. They went to Moreau and he looked great. Um, Jacobs is much healthier. He looked like a healthy player where he wasn't healthy against the Chargers. And I think that is something to consider for the next time they match up. And their defense, you know, Ngakwe looks good. Um, what's his name? Max Crosby was jumping over the offensive line to hold uh, the QB sneak or whatever it was from getting into the end zone. Like they're looking pretty solid. They're two defense, defensive edge rushers. Really good. Their secondary is playing okay. Um, and all the Chargers players are really stepping up for them. Uh, with Brandon face on even making some tackles at that point. Although did Perryman go down in that game? I don't recall if he's hurt. I know he leads the NFL in so, tackles. Though. I thought he got, he hurt leads more. the NFL in tackles right now. I believe at the time of the game. Yes. I don't know if he does after this past uh, week, but yes, at the time of the game, he leads the NFL in tackles. Wow. I don't know how many uh, of those were his own teammates, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they're I think they're a solid team. Uh, good for them for taking the John Gruden stuff and you know taking it in stride and, and winning. I have them as the second best team in the AFC West. Their record will be good enough to probably get them into the postseason. I just I don't know. I don't really buy them. And even watching, and especially because I watched Derek Carr forwards and literally watched Derek Carr in reverse just to make fun of him <laughs> uh, when he played the Chargers. Like he looked really flustered and not very good in that game. The Chargers were able to get to him with blitzes and he was just not seeing the field. So while I do think, you know, good for them for winning, they're a couple of weeks removed from losing to the Bears, who are atrocious <laughs> on offense. Nice. And the Bears had no problem with the Raiders. So, you know, I think they're a good team. I think they could make the postseason, but I don't really buy them as much as say someone like the Bengals. To be totally honest, I still think they're fronts. Um, I think that they've beaten the Broncos at the Eagles, which is like great, but you know that's like beating the two stupid kids at the table. I don't know, like, what do you want me to do with that? Um, in terms of the Bears, yeah, they lost that game, and you know, I, I just what do they have over the Bengals and the Ravens? Like, they don't. They're not better than those teams. They're not better than the Chargers right now. They just lost to them. They're not better than the Bills. So to me, they're the sixth or seventh best team at the AFC at sure. best. Like, and I think that uh, Derek Carr is good. Their offense is very good, and they'll always be a problem for teams. But like, to me, you know, I'm not giving Rich Bisacci a credit because he beat the Eagles and the Broncos. Like, what do you fucking do? That's what you're supposed to do uh, when you have Derek Carr as your quarterback and a pretty loaded offense um now right. the the next stretch in their schedule will sort of be where the rubber hits the road you have the chiefs you have the bengals you have the cowboys um uh, i think then there's the chiefs again and the browns so like that stretch will kind of tell us whether they're for real or not but to be totally honest like i i just still don't really buy them um i think a lot of their flaws were shown in the chargers and bears games uh to me like i i I just have a hard time believing they're going to really pull it all together during that final stretch and not collapse like pretty much every Raiders team has in the last three or four years. Right. Uh, so, uh, well, I, I was going to say I'd like to be proven wrong, but I wouldn't like to be proven wrong because fuck the Raiders, <laughs> um, frankly. 
um so yeah we'll we'll see what happens but to me you know like i was i was sort of impressed with how their defense played a little bit yesterday but to be honest like i, I don't see how beating the eagles is like an accomplishment like you should be able to do that <laughs> um so uh yeah i guess we'll see what the raiders are going forward but right now i don't buy them yeah they're they're the opposite end of the spectrum of of the chiefs right where i expect the chiefs to figure it out until proven otherwise i expect the raiders to be frauds until <laughs> proven otherwise you know we've seen them do this before i think last year at this time they were six and three or something like that so you know they play the giants coming out of the bye um which they have this week after that you know the schedule that alex mentioned is difficult for them um and we'll find out we'll find out a lot about a lot of these teams right so i think there is a lot of you know there's a lot of clarity that we need in, in this pecking order. And of course, you know, that the AFC has never been this wide open in my life. I think like, when was the last time that we yeah. can remember there being legitimately like six or seven teams that could win this conference. Usually there's like one or two, depending on the Patriots year, or the chiefs years or, or the Broncos years. So mm-hmm. obviously we have to talk about where the chargers fit into all of this. Alex, what do you think? Where do you, where do you see the chargers, you know, stacking up at this point? Um, I think a lot of it will obviously depend on how they look once they get their guys back. Um, but I, I expect yeah. them to look pretty good. Personally, if you made me rank them right now, I would have the Chargers. I think I'd have them third or fourth in the AFC uh, in that group of teams that is like the Bills, the Chiefs, or not, sorry, not the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Like, I think they're sort of behind there or equal to some of those teams. But I kind of have them as the fourth best team. Obviously, the Titans are in there. And while I don't think the Titans are a better team than the Chargers, the Titans are the team that's most equipped to give the Chargers the problems in the playoffs. Yeah. um, Because they have Derrick Henry and he'll average, you know, uh, 500 yards per carry against the Chargers that they ever play. Uh, (laughs) So that would be concerning. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I have the middle of the pack when we talk about like those seven, eight AFC contenders for now. I mm-hmm. think I would put the Chargers probably third or fourth. Yeah, that's about fair. I, I think that they're a better team than the Titans, yet I think the Titans could beat them. Um, kind of like you're talking right. about Derek Henry. It's just a that that's a tough matchup. I think looking at the rest of their schedule, thankfully this is the easy part. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they went eight and three. I think there's two not definite losses, but like two losses, I think, in there plus one because it's the NFL and they're going to lose one of those games, like eight and three, the rest of the way isn't bad by any means. And that's a really good finish to the season for them. So I I think I have them definitely as the division winner. I think at this point they are the best in the division. And I think, you know, the fourth seed sounds about right. The fourth seed and a matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yay. Super fun. I'll take it. That's a great. (laughs) I'll take it over the Titans because the Titans have Derrick Henry, who's not fraudulent. (laughs) no it's it's amazing to like sit here and and talk about this right because like i said like there's always been you know the patriots over everybody and and Mm -hmm. you know the broncos when they had peyton and the chiefs with Mahomes, and so you know everybody is is right in that tier i i think the bills are are gonna be the one seed i think they have the best overall roster in the afc Mm -hmm. but outside of that i think it really is up for grabs and i think i would agree with you um you know probably third or fourth i think to me even though the ravens got destroyed against the Bengals on sunday i I still think that they're the second best team 
in the conference. They're a little bit uh, game script dependent, of course. You know, yeah. that's kind of what happened yesterday is the Bengals kind of got out to that early lead in the second half. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then you can't blitz as, as effectively. You can't run the ball as effectively. So them and the Titans are a little bit game script dependent, right? But I think, you know, those two teams, I think with the Chargers would be second, third, and fourth. Um, and then you can talk about the Bengals and Raiders and, and the rest of that crew. So um, I, I think we're all on the same page there. So before we head out for today, we'll take a few minutes of questions. Um, so if you have any questions, now is the time. The Super Chat feature is enabled. Um, Alex, do you want to talk to our listeners right now about ExpressVPN? Yes, I would like to talk to our viewers uh, at home about <laughs> ExpressVPN. So uh, you can watch all 22 with ExpressVPN in America. It's broken. And, you know, you want to use that ExpressVPN to get that international game pass. You can also watch live games. You can watch every single catch from every single angle on Coach's film of Jamar Chase just <laughs> repeatedly making Steven <laughs> eat shit. <laughs> for in 60 minutes it, it's just excellent to watch on all 22 so you can go to expressvpn.com slash guilty uh to get a three-month free trial of expressvpn you got nothing to lose just you know you can use it for netflix and all that stuff too because there's some stuff on the united states that you know isn't on netflix overseas and yada yada so you know you can go to expressvpn.com slash guilty to watch the eagles get the tank uh, so yeah, we are getting the full tank commander <laughs> right now. Uh, so yeah, go to expressvpn.com slash guilty to get that beautiful all 22 footage. Well done. Well done. For the record, I always said, if you're going to take a receiver in the top five, he better be a damn good receiver. And Jamar Chase is that. So um, the Bengals definitely took the right one there. The Dolphins on the other hand, that's a different story. Um, <sighs> all right. First question from Edwin Martinez. Uh, should we sign Gino Atkins? Uh, Gino, of course, one of the more dominant defensive tackles of our life. I haven't even seen him get like a workout or a tryout. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if he's like still trying to play football or not. Him right. and uh, Larry Warford, the the old Saints offensive lineman, have kind of just like disappeared into nothing. So mm-hmm. if Gino is interested in coming for a tryout, I think it, at least that would be worth it. But I, I don't know if he's even still trying to play football or not. Yeah, I, at this point, it was cool before the season started, but considering there's been no buzz, I just I think at this point he's out. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I mean, like it can't get much worse, but he did deal with some injuries last year. Uh, so, I mean, that part of it, he's older. And last year, I think, was his like worst career graded year. Um, so, you know, he was, yeah, it was 44.7 against the run. Uh, on PFF, which is, you know, by far his worst season. So I feel like that in addition to his injuries, in addition to his age, probably reasons to stay away. But I, you know, I wouldn't be against like an end of the roster spot being used on him because again, what do you have to lose? Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I haven't even looked at like what other defensive tackles are out there, but I mean, if Gino is interested and then, then sure. Um, another question about Dustin Hopkins. So, uh, that's a good point to talk about what Brandon Staley said today about Tristan Viscaino. Um, apparently they are keeping their options open, but they still have confidence in Tristan. So I know a lot of people yesterday were talking about Michael Badgley and, and the kicking situation. 
that's how frustrating it is. A lot of people want Michael Badgley back on this team. So, um, Tyler, what do you make of the potentially signing Dustin Hopkins from the uh, formerly of the Washington football team? Uh, okay, so, okay. Am I for it? Sort of. Do I think the team will be for it? Currently, no. But I do think that Staley's comment was definitely interesting. Like, yep, we are confident in, in him for now, but you shank a couple more extra, extra points, and we're going to keep our <laughs> options open because it's unacceptable. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, again, this kind of has made he's only missed one field goal. So it's not like he's costing them there. I don't know. I, I, I'm i going to ride with him, I think, the rest of the way, unless it gets really bad, only because he's only missed one field goal. And so it's not like when I see more of those misses, I, I guess then I'd cut him. It's very frustrating to see the extra points being missed. I, I want to say that's an easy fix. It should be an easy fix because it's extra points. Um, maybe it's just some, you know, some bad luck, some bad mechanics, blocking, whatever, and hopefully that gets fixed in the bye week. Um, so I'm going to stick with him for now, especially because we've watched the team give up on certain Asian kickers, and that didn't work out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll give him some confidence uh, as well and some patience, and I'll, I'll ride with this guy. You know, as 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 frustrating as it might be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, is no. He um, but is he Asian? Yeah, I, I wasn't. No, sure. young buddy was. Well, young like who is Asian? Is Viscano Asian? No, I didn't. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, they've given up on oh, the okay. Asian kicker before, not like another Asian kicker. Like, okay, not okay. that Viscano's Asian yeah. kicker. Yeah, I, know I mean, in, fa- in fairness to young like who, he wasn't missing extra points by 10 yards. Um, so you know, I, I don't know if that was like really the problem. Uh, I am confident in Viscano finding happiness in his next line of employment. Um, because that that's where I'm at with Tristan Viscaino. Um, look, try it for another few weeks if you really can, but this is exactly what the Chargers have been playing with for the last few years. Like, yeah, he's not missing yeah. field goals, but they also don't trust him to take field goals. Like, very clearly, going for it like on every fourth down is, is part of that, in addition to Staley's analytical view on things. Um, so, you know, like... Sure, he's only missed one, but he's also missed, you know, he's on pace for whatever, like 16 missed extra points. <laughs> like, it's really bad. Um, so I don't know. I I get waiting with him because, you know, he does have a big leg and it's there. But to me, like, if Dustin Hopkins is out there, and it would be different if there wasn't a veteran kicking option, but he's 12 of 14 on field goals this year, or I think 12 of 14 on, not field goals, but extra points. Um, so it's just like, I mean, you know, try it. Like, to me, you got to look for upgrades in every way that you can. And I feel like it's like, well, we're going to be patient with Viscaino, but we're not going to be patient with KJ Hill. Like, what? what's the double standard there? Like, to me, so to, you know, I think that the coaching staff has to look into upgrades uh, at every area of special teams, not just, like, one. Because, yeah, KJ Hill got, you know, was the scapegoat and he stunk. But, like, there's other parts of it that stink too. So, to me, you have to look into Dustin Hopkins if, yeah, it presents itself as an option, which it has. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. Like Tyler said, I think they're, you know, confident in this kind of, but you know, I, at, at some point it's going to cost them a game. Yeah. I think they're going to be confident and trust Viscaino as long as they possibly can. I think it's going to take like uh, a game winning missed kick or something like that to, to move off of him. Um, if he hits a game winning field goal against the Patriots, that'll be awesome. Like that, you know, will be the first ones there to congratulate him. But um, it's it's tough to see, like, 
I know a lot of people were talking about Michael Badgley yesterday, but it's like you, Michael Badgley wasn't exactly crushing it in the preseason either. Like Michael Badgley had his chances to win this job and he didn't. So um, we'll see. Like, I feel like the extra point thing should be an, an easy fix. You know, Alex kind of pointed out like the like prolonged you know, head down kind of thing that he does. I don't know if that's contributing to that. I don't know enough about kicking. But you shouldn't be missing PATs this bad. So I hope it's an easy fix. I hope that, you know, they're able to, you know, help Tristan reach his potential because if he is able to reach that potential, then the Chargers will finally be able to, a good, to have a good kicker. So, um, wow, good morning from England. What's up, Ben? That's super cool. Um, Isn't it like 3 a.m. over there? It's, <laughs> it's a six-hour difference. So, I mean, good morning. I wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. too because I'm a fucking psychopath. But good morning to you, Ben. Um, but yeah, obviously hope Tristan figures it out. Um, Josh Lambeau is a free agent as well. We can kind of talk about that for a different time. I know Alex has some thoughts about that, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, Daniel asked a couple of questions, <coughs> excuse me, or a couple of different times. Is this the year that Tom Telesco finally makes a trade for someone mid season? We did talk quite a bit about trades earlier. I think if Justin Jones plays this week and the run defense is not any better, then I think we see Tom Telesco make a trade and Brandon Staley by effect. Um, but if Justin Jones comes back, he looks great. Run defense is, is much improved. Then I think they will continue to roll with the same group of uh, defensive linemen. I do not think they're going to make a trade. I think they addressed their need that they thought they could address with Roberts. They did that days ago. I think if they were going to make a change, that was kind of it. Um, even though they want to see what Jones can do, I think they know what Jones can do. And, and again, hopefully they don't fall into the trap of, oh, look, we got better because we played shit teams and now our run defense is better. I really hope that's not the trap. Yeah. Um, I think they're just going to roll with the guys they have. Based on Staley's comments, I don't think they're making a trade for anyone. Um, if they make a trade for anyone, I don't think it's it, it's the defensive line. It really sounds like that's just kind of settled as is. They have the guys that they want to work with and they think that they can coach him better whatever that means, whatever they were doing in the entire offseason. Not sure what they were defining things as, as that this team all of a sudden, each guy couldn't figure out because these are all good coaches. So I, I think they stick with what they got. Fortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really see them making a trade. Um, I wouldn't predict one off the top of my head, but it could happen. I, I don't think it's going to be for like a massive impact guy like a lot of people think it might be. Could just be yeah. for like, hey, we want to boost the special team, so let's go get this guy or something like that, um, which would also be good. I mean, I don't think that you need to necessarily go get a difference maker right now, um, but I would like to go see them, go get a defensive tackle, go get, you know, whatever you can to sort of just fortify depth at some of the spots. Linebacker wouldn't be terrible either. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think right now that they're going to do much, but you know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't either. Yo, Brady's going to give the guy that gave up the ball, he's going to give him a Bitcoin. <laughs> like a share in Bitcoin? Like, I think the full 65,000, wherever it's at right now. Oh, wow. That's generous of him. Wow. I know a lot of people were like giving that guy shit, but he got a haul for that football, man. Like, he got a lot of stuff for that thing, so... I mean, for him, apparently he requested to play a round of golf with Tom Brady. So, I mean, that would be uh, rather interesting. 
But what a waste. I hate, <laughs> I hate how, more, how much more likable Brady has become in Tampa than he was in New England. I'm still suspicious of him. You know what? This is all his social media team making him more likable. He's still that Tom Brady, you know? So, I've, you know, he, he can't fool me. Uh, maybe we want to wrap it up on this one from Adrian because uh, I know we were yeah, talking about doing record predictions. Uh, so what are your current end of season record predictions considering the 11 games that the Chargers have left? Uh, so I'll go first on this one. I expect them to be in the playoffs. I think that they are rightfully or should rightfully be considered the favorite for the AFC West. Um, mm-hmm. I think at this point, 12 and 5, 13 and 4 is where I end up as like best case scenario. Um, you know, I predicted like 11 and 6 before the season. So um, right now I'm saying 12 and 5, best case scenario, 13 and 4. All right, before the season, I had them at 11 and 6. I think they've earned a little bit better than that. I'm going to go 12 and 5 to finish the year. I'm at a loss right now against the Bengals, especially because they're going to Cincinnati. Although we'll see how Cincinnati changes, if at all, over the next couple of weeks. But based on how they played, I think they'll lose at Cincinnati. And then I'm giving them a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, which I hate. But I think they can pull it off. uh, Fortunately, the Chargers do play at home. That just feels like a weird game they might lose. Um, And then it's some other toss-up for that third loss. It could be New England, and that wouldn't surprise me. Of course, they have to play Kansas City again. Um, At Denver is still a problem, and then against the Raiders. So, you know, I definitely think they're a double-digit win team. That's pretty certain at this point. I do think they're winning the AFC West. I do think they're making the postseason. Um, So I'll have them at 12-5, and which is pretty solid. Yeah, I think 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 is fair. Um, you know, just based on the schedule that they have left. I haven't really like gone through and predicted every game, but like the Bengals game is going to be hard now. I do ultimately think they end up splitting with the Chiefs and I could maybe see them losing to like the Broncos at mile high or something like that just because that game is always weird. Um, but yeah, so I think 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 is is pretty on point and you know that means they go eight and three seven and four to finish the season which i think with the schedule they have left eight and three is is pretty doable at this point and i think that should be the goal if there is one yeah i think they will lose at least one more uh or one division game like i I can't i don't think that they're gonna go six and oh whether that's losing to you know losing in mile high or losing to the chiefs i think they'll lose one um you know and then the other games are kind of up for grabs but you know, 12 and five, like, I think that's awesome. Um, so that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, make sure and like the video, comment on it, subscribe to our channel, leave us a rating or review if you're listening to the audio version. Um, cannot thank you guys enough for tuning in. I know it was the bye week and I know Monday Night Football is going on. So can't thank you enough for all of your support. Uh, and we will be diving into the Patriots game more in depth uh, once this, once the week goes on. And as always, uh, see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.